Hey everybody, Chris Avery with you on Chargers Weekly. As we move towards training camp in about 10 days, we thought we'd play some of the best interviews from the offseason. Daniel Jeremiah, head coach of Oregon, Mario Cristobal, Notre Dame head coach Brian Kelly, coming up a little bit later. But first, lights out, Sean Merriman. So much has happened this offseason. Let's just start with the uniforms because you were one of the few that got a sneak peek ahead of time. Uh, what was your reaction when you saw them? And then what was your reaction to everyone else's reaction once they were released to the world? Well, you know, initially, man, uh, I was, you know, I was nervous, right? Because I'm such an honest person uh, and I'm, and I'm up front. So if I don't like something, I'm like, ah, you know, they were okay. Um, but, you know, you're always going to go, you're always, you can't go wrong with the powder blues, right? So you can't mess those up. I knew those are going to be top notch number one. Yeah. But I was, I was surprisingly shocked, man, that every single color combination, if someone was to ask me just direct, what do you think about the, the charge uniform, right? Not even being biased. I would tell them that every uniform, every set of uniforms they have is the best in the NFL, right? Like just straight up. And I, and I truly believe that um, because you have a little bit of the old school in that mix. And so you start with the numbers on the helmet. You have the, uh, some of the old golds that they had back in the day. And then you have like a new transformation of the new school. And like the, uh, the how it pops off the uh, off the color line, you can tell the 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 seaming, and, and I'll get back into like my apparel, my kind of my apparel background. But you can just tell the way the seams and everything was cut, man. They really, really spent a lot of time uh, going over these uniforms and how they were how they were just uh, built. So uh, I can't wait, man, because that that was always a thing, right? As a player, when you got the best uniforms in the NFL and you come out, whether it's a Sunday night or Monday night football man. A game, and you're the only show in town, and your uniforms are just popping the way they are, I mean, that that's that's an automatic win in, in, in the player's eyes. And, and the thing is, they were already the best in the NFL, arguably. Already, so, right. So to make it better, and just really by making it, in a way, simpler, and then paying homage to the past. Uh, the numbers on the helmet was it was like the cherry on top for me. But uh, you, see, what you said, it wasn't just the powder blues, like like the whites, the navies. I mean, all of them are just yeah. so clean. And these guys, you got you got to feel good when you're going out on the to the field of SoFi Stadium. Um, these guys are gonna feel good wearing the, those new unis. Oh, no question about it. I mean, like I said before, you. Uh, you, you look good, you play good, you feel good, and all those things go together. All those things stand true. Hey, so I think the biggest thing when we go into 2020 is, is the quarterback's room is completely different now. You know, Phillip didn't miss a start since 2006. You got Tyrod, you got Justin Herbert, who the team drafted at six overall. You got Easton Stick in there. Uh, but the quarterback's room, I, I, I look at the, at the positives moving forward. You know, Tyrod – is an established guy in his league. He went to a Pro Bowl. Uh, he doesn't turn the football over. And then with Justin Herbert, this kid had 42 starts at Oregon. So I, I think that's going to help him. You see his intelligence on display already. Um, what do you make of this new-look quarterback's room as we get into 2020, Sean? Well, it's going to be exciting. And uh, one of the most exciting parts of it is the competition level that's going to be that's going to be happening. Um, you know, when – even myself, during the offseason, when we talk about so many other options or so many different quarterbacks that could could have come to the team, um, yeah, I've always said, like, hey, Ty, Tyrod can go. 
type people, you know, don't don't overlook Tyrod. Tyrod can play, and he's an established veteran. Um, he's going to go out and bid a win you some football games. I thought the team was smart into uh, building something for the future and having somebody there who's going to be there for the next five years. And Tyrod is going to go out there, and he's going to push Justin. You know, he's going to push Herbert. He's going to push him a lot, and, and that's what you need in order to, uh, you know, grow the team and have it going in the right direction because without that competition there, there's no one behind us pushing each other. And if you don't think that both of these guys are going to make each other – won't make each other better, you know, you're, you're wrong. You know, there's, there's going to be a, a, a competition every single day, and that's going to push Herbert, and that's going to make Tyrod uh, just that much better because he can go out and win some football games for you. He can, and I've said this a few times during the offseason. You know, he had stops in Baltimore, in Buffalo, in Cleveland. Tyrod's never had a set of weapons like this. When we talk right. about Keenan Allen, Mike Williams, Hunter Henry, Eckler in the backfield, um, Justin Jackson, Joshua Kelly, I don't think Tyrod has ever played with, with a set of weapons like this. And, and you look at a, a revamped offensive line too, Sean. Uh, this will be the, the perfect stage for Tyrod to, to show what he's all about. Yeah, and, you know, this the NFL is about opportunity, um, and it's about situation. Sometimes you have, uh, you know, a coaching staff that come in that, that doesn't necessarily mesh with what you what a player does, and time you don't have, have the tools, you may be an offensive line, and maybe you have one or two wide, good wide receivers. You don't have a, a great offensive line to block for you that long, or you don't have an established running back who can do multiple things like Eckler can and catch the ball out the backfield and, if you ever get in, in distress, you can't dump it off to a certain guy. So all these things uh, now Tyrod has. And this will be the best team and the best opportunity he's had in the National Football League all the way around, not just on the offense side of the ball, on the defense side of the ball. You're, you know, the, the Chargers defense is a top five defense. Yeah. They're, they're, they're top five defense. And so you're going to have more opportunities now because you know they're going to get turnovers. You know they're going to put the ball back in your hand. You know they're going to give you a great field position. So all these things are going to help out Tyrod to give him the best opportunity uh, to be successful. And it doesn't matter at that point because now, you know, Justin Herbert can sit back and watch, and, and, and there's nothing wrong with that. You know, there's nothing wrong with uh, taking your time, learning how the NFL goes, learning the speed of the game, learning your surroundings, and just getting comfortable your first year. And, you know, if Tyrock can, uh, Ty can hold him off for a year or so, then, then great. You know, then Justin will come in and play when he's ready. Especially in an unconventional offseason like this, Ben, where you don't have the, the offseason program that you're typically accustomed to as a rookie. You're doing everything like we're doing via Zoom right now, trying to learn the playbook. Um, it, it's going to take some time for, I think, all of these rookies to – to get accustomed to life in the NFL right now, because what they're doing right now, Sean, is they're doing what you and I are doing. We're at home on Zoom, you know, and they're just trying to learn the playbook and trying to learn as much as they can remotely. Yeah, and you know what? You can pick up a lot of that uh, mentally. You can have those mental reps where you go over the playbook over and over and over again. But we all know it's completely different when you got fire coming at you, when you got yeah, those no, linemen in your no face. Doubt. You got to move out the pocket and throw in the run you know, things happening and we're showing different blitzes on defense and guys showing different blitzes and you have to be able to make those quick checks and have a mental capacity to do it in game action right now, which fine because, you know, he's picking up the mental reps. It's great. Um, he'll, he'll walk in and at least understand and hear the terminology enough where 
he's not too far behind the curve. But the real action is going to be when you get on the field and you see how fast that the NFL is. You see how fast, you know, you see a Melvin Ingram come running at you. You see a Joey Bosa come running at you, a Derwin James. You, and him, you know, showing one coverage and being able to pick the ball off somewhere else. That's where you're really going to get the, the, the best learning experience. But right now it's fine to pick up those mental reps. You know, we talked about the defense a little bit. Kenneth Murray, you get in the first round. And you had a, a cool comment, I, I thought. I saw an article about retired jerseys. And, and you said, I, I'm against it. I, I'm all for passing it to the next generation. I'm excited to see that 56 in action because Kenneth Murray's a beast. I want to get your thoughts on, on Kenneth. But also, seeing 56 back in the limelight at SoFi Stadium, it's got to be kind of a cool thing for you, too. Yeah, it's cool, especially when you got a guy that can make some plays. <laughs> you know, that's always a cool thing. And and Mary, um, you know, we got a chance to talk. Uh, we've gone back and forth over uh, over Instagram and direct message or whatnot. And um, you know, I've always he's explosive, man. And that's the fun part is going to be. And you look at these guys, and I always evaluate, especially linebackers at his position, and how their how their mental approach is, and how. Uh, they lay it all out in the field, right? You yeah. have some guys who just get to the ball and want to make a tackle. No, he's running through guys. And, you know, he and that's when you see this explosive movement coming and him finishing guys and swarming the tackles and being relentless. This is what I see from him. And, and um, you know, without jumping a gun, because, you know, the NFL is obviously much different in college, you, I can see right now he, he's going to be a player. He's going to be a star in the NFL. And that was a – Hell of a draft pick for many different reasons, and not just his athletic ability. He's a tone setter. He's going to he's that spark plug. And I think that if you want to make any comparisons to what I did and and what he what he's going to do is he he's going to initiate that spark that the defense need and they all and and really the team needs. He's going to be that spark plug because he's exciting as hell. And talk, that's the part that I can't wait to see. And he's going to have to learn a lot. He's going to have to pick up this game speed. And he's, he's, got to, he's going to have to learn the, the ins and outs of being you know, a pro in NFL. But I can tell you right now, he's going to be a guy that's going to get on the field and you're going to say, wow, right away. He's going to do something to flash and let you know that what he's going to be in the next, you know, for the next five or ten years. He has that flash and that explosiveness, and I can't wait to watch him. I always feel like it's similar to Derwin, his rookie year, when you saw right off the bat, like, oh, man, this guy's going to be a player. And, and, Sean, now you have – and we've talked about this throughout the offseason, too. You have you have Bosa, Murray, and Derwin. You have a guy on each level of your defense that that is a potential blue-chip player. We know Joey and, and Derwin are. I think Kenneth has that potential as well. But to have a, a Pro Bowl, All-Pro, blue-chip type player on each level of your defense, speak to how important that is for a team. It's very important because, you know, everybody at every level has to be the tone setter. Um, you got the you got the D-line up there, and you know Inger and Bosa coming off the edge, and, and they're going to flush things up the middle to the D-tackle. You have, you know, Murray there, and you got, you know, still a, a solid linebacker core, and you have a, a, a third level that is bringing just that much um, impact back there. So you have a different level of accountability on every level of, of the defense, and let me – it's infectious, man. I, I can't yeah. say it enough. And, you know, I'll just – I'll never forget me going out there and make a big play. And I can – two, three, four plays later, Sean Phillips is going to make a big play. Luis Castillo's making a big play. Joxie's there, Jamal, Igor – you know. So it's, it's infectious because everybody wants to be in on making that big play. And 
you have somebody at every level that's going out and, and setting the tone. It's going to set the tone for the entire team because everybody wants to go out there and make a big play. Yeah, and, you know, I mentioned Bosa, Derwin, and, and Murray, but uh, let's not forget about Melvin Ingram, Casey Hayward, Chris Harris Jr., Linval I mean, Joseph. I mean, like the list goes on and on, Sean. And some of these guys are, are free agents uh, talking about Chris Harris Jr. and Linval. Uh, the Chargers, no doubt, had the best offseason in, in football. I mean, it's no doubt about it. This is probably, in my in my opinion, in, in just being around the organization, this is probably the best offseason they've ever had. Wow. Um, as, as far as the, the draft class, as far as the who they brought in, the key people they brought in, big the big offense lineman there from Carolina, from the Panthers, um, they've made – they filled every gap that they had missing last year in order to be a championship team. That's what happened. Um, every hole that they needed to fill in order to take the team to the next level, uh, they did that. So I know it looks good on paper, and you got these names, you got these guys can play, so they still have to go out and execute. But this isn't a situation where you're talking about a team who just a, just a couple of years ago, it was twelve and four. Yeah, right. This is this is practically in, in a sense the same the same team, you know, minus a couple of guys, but they've also made some great additions. So. Um, of course, they got to go out and worry about, you know, the preseason and, and game one and get through it. Uh, and I don't want to talk for them or talk too fast because they still have to go out and, and handle business. But you can't help to be excited for what's to come. You know, you know what these guys are capable of. So the expectations are going to be high. And, Sean, you mentioned two years ago, 12-4, and four, you didn't lose a game on the road until the, the Patriots game in the playoffs. Uh, last year, the, the two biggest things, is no mistake about the fact that it was turnovers and actually getting the ball, turning it over on, on defense. When you bring over Chris Harris, when you when you have a guy maybe like Tyrod who, who has been very good with taking care of the football, those are two things that they really need to concentrate on to get back to, to who they were in 2018. Yeah, absolutely. And, and we go back to talking about the defense, right? I mean, when you have this type of defense, and these players who can get you the ball, it's not going to give up a lot of points. They're going to give you great field position. As an offense, that has to make you feel good because you don't have to go out and hit a home run every play. You yeah. don't. You have to go out and not even manage. You just don't, don't do anything that's going to shoot yourselves in the foot. That's what this going to be about, especially when you have this kind of team. And you have Tyrod that already has a, a great history of not doing that. Right? He already has a great history of doing it. And then you know, any any point in time, he can go make plays with his legs. If certain things are not there, then you dump it down to Eckler, who does his his best work in space. So, you know, if you look around at just the, the parts of this team and how they're built, you can't, you can't help to be excited for what's to come. So I know you got to get to the gym, man. And last thing for you, um, with everything going on this offseason – uh, the importance of veteran leadership and having guys. And I even look at the Chargers draft, man. All the guys that they selected, you know, were senior bowl guys, guys who were captains on their team, who who have a, a large body of work in college. Uh, how important is veteran leadership and um, familiarity with the, the coaches and, and all, all those sorts of things uh, in a season like this where everybody's going to be playing – from frankly a disadvantage with the lack of an off-season program yeah well like you said that veteran leadership has to step up um and what they have to do is hold everybody accountable i mean accountability i think in, in my opinion looking at, at this team from the outside in 
um, is going to is, is accountability. You know, these veterans that, that's been around, that's been there, any of these rookies or guys that's coming to the team, you have to hold people accountable that they're going to do what they're supposed to do because it, it was such a weird offseason. Your workouts aren't the same. You're the team – uh, camaraderie isn't the same. You have you you're not you weren't able to do the things you would normally do. So you have to be able to hold everybody accountable to get back on the same page and work tirelessly to catch up on all the things you missed out on this all season. All right, very pleased to be joined by Daniel Jeremiah. Yes, he's the Chargers radio analyst, but he's also the lead draft analyst for NFL Network. And it was ESPN a couple of weeks ago. DJ, you did an amazing job. What was it like to do all of this remotely and doing it with ESPN. It was a, it was a really cool deal. Yeah, it was ended up being something that was really positive. You know, you didn't know how it was all going to come together because we're all in a unique situation that we're all home. And then you add into the fact that we're working with, you know, different producers, different, uh, you know, different guys on the talent side. But the good news is, you know, we've all known each other. We've all been friends for a long time. So um, I was happy, you know, with the way it all came out with, you know, technically not having many glitches and, uh, the teams were able to stay right on pace as we went through the draft, and it ended up being just a lot of fun. I, I think it was something that we all needed just to kind of uh, feel sports, you know, in some capacity, which we were able to do during the draft. So it was a lot of fun. Yeah, it was fun. It was fun to see the GMs and coaches and kids and dogs and families. <laughs> you know, it, it's not something you see every Thursday, Friday, and Saturday each year during the draft. Yeah, no doubt. And Telesco, I mean, I mean, I, I don't know. I, I don't think he has any. The interior decorating, but it's nicely done. I'm just going to put it to you that way. Tom, that is a very nice looking uh, spot he's got there. So very nicely done. Tom has some uh, good background and he selected number six overall, Justin Herbert. Justin's draft evaluation process, you go senior bowl, you have a great senior bowl, the combine, and then his, his pro day, which you were at. What was it about Justin's kind of uh, draft off season that you think kind of propelled him into the top six? Well, I, I don't know if you could have done it any better. And that's just the stuff we saw on the field in the workouts, you know, and then the senior bowl. What actually helped him even more was meeting with teams. And they came away just impressed. Obviously how smart he was. We knew he was going to be smart. Um, but the passion that he had for the game, and I think he's got kind of a little bit of that reserve persona when you're from the outside. And I think as people got to know him, they realized he's got a little more juice uh, to him than, than maybe you anticipated. So I think that helped him. And then when you watched him during the season, I thought you saw somebody that was just getting better and better as the year went along. Um, so everything kind of built up to that crescendo to get him to where he ended up in the draft. How do you think he's going to fit into this offense, DJ, with Shane Steichen as the offensive coordinator now permanently? Anthony Lynn obviously has some, some West Coast offense ties. And then you bring in a guy like Pep yeah. Hamilton to be your quarterback's coach. How do you think Justin's going to fit in with this group? I think he's going to be fine. You know, I, I think it's it's a little bit naive for any of us to say, like, how does he fit into this offense? I don't know that we've seen this offense, right? I think it's a combination of some of the things we've seen in the past uh, with, you know, Phillip Rivers and that version of this Chargers offense. I think Anthony Lynn, Coach Lynn, what he's been around, go back to those Broncos teams, um, you know, bringing in some of the, the wide zone game that you're going to see come over with Coach Campen coming over to coach the offensive line. And then you sprinkle in the mobility you have now with Tyrod Taylor, you know, starting at the beginning of the season, it looks like, uh, with Justin Herbert pushing him, it's going to allow you a lot more movement and some design quarterback run games. So I, I think everything on, on paper looks like Justin Herbert's going to be a beautiful fit with what they want to do. 
but I'm excited just to see what this offense looks like, period, even if, if it's with Tyrod or, or with Justin Herbert, because I think it's going to be a little different than what Charger fans are used to. It definitely is. And, and you know, draft night, so I was doing all my prep work on, on Justin, getting ready for his press conference, everything. I look up, Chargers back on the clock at number 23 overall, <laughs> and they get Kenneth Murray from Oklahoma. This was a guy Coach Lynn really wanted on this football team. And now you have Joey Bosa, Darwin James, and Kenneth Murray is kind of the, the leaders on, on each unit of the defense. Yeah, I like the way you described it because really it's three levels, right? You want to have impact difference-making players at all three levels. And the cool thing about it is when you look at some of the things they can do on third down, you're going to have an opportunity where at times you're going to see, you know, Bosa kick inside. And then if you look down the middle of that defense for the Chargers, you could be going Bosa, Murray, Derwin James, you know, at different times, how you can align them in so many different ways. They're all versatile players. But just think about that athleticism to not only pressure the quarterback up the middle, but anything that goes to the sideline at different levels of the defense, having Kenneth Murray, who's, you know, who runs, you know, low four, five, high four, four, sprinting sideline to sideline, Derwin James with his four, four speed, uh, sprinting sideline to sideline. You can really, really uh, branch out from the middle of the field and cover a lot of grass with that group. So uh, it's going to be exciting to watch. And as good of a player as he is, I'm telling you, Chris, like this is not just a Charger thing, talking to their coaches. Everybody I talked to around the league said, best interview process we've ever had with a player. Like he was off the charts. So that leadership, that personality, you're going to feel Kenneth Murray on that defense. Yeah, and that was the big thing Coach Lynn said is like this was a guy that just was off the charts impressive at the combine and the interviews. And to to move up, to give up a second and a third rounder, it just shows you how much they value what Kenneth Murray can do on the football field, but also in, in the locker room because you're going to need leaders like that to uh, kind of look at. And it may not be in, in year one or two, as Tom was saying, but uh, you look at projecting leadership. This is a guy who could do that for a long time. Yeah, and I don't want to put the comparison on him, but, I mean, if you follow the Chargers and their history, think about the leadership they've had at that position, um, the energy that, that a guy like Junior Seau brought. It's not just what you're saying with your words. It's with the way that you play with your hair on fire, uh, just playing like a, a, a maniac with passion, and I think Kenneth Murray plays that way. Um, so that's going to just – that's really going to feed into this defense. And I – you know, really, Derwin James, I would make the case, not only is the best safety in the NFL, I think he brings the most energy, the most juice um, to his group. And now you get another guy that brings that. And then we know what you know, with, with, with Bosa and Ingram, what they can do up front. And hopefully you're going to see Jerry Tillery now uh, with a, a, a weird offseason, mind you, but a full offseason to train yeah. and get healthy and, and get out there and have an impact on this defense. I mean, like Drew Tranquil. Think about that when you're gonna when you're gonna be able to go. Nobody around the country knows about this kid, by the way. Uh, um, and that's coming. I mean, and that that's something that you know we see it every week watching these games. But nationally, people are gonna see how good Drew Tranquil is gonna be in this defense, and him and Kenneth Murray is gonna be fun to watch. Yeah, it's going to be exciting to see uh, what this defense is going to look like come week one. All right, fourth round, I have to give you credit because you brought up some some great points about Joshua Kelly from UCLA. Uh, he, obviously, he was the bell cow at UCLA, but at the Senior Bowl, he kind of showcased his ability to catch the ball out of the backfield, some pass protection stuff. We talked to him about that, and he said, just because you weren't asked to do it doesn't mean you can't do it. Uh, what are the Chargers getting in Joshua Kelly, kind of a guy to – I don't want to say replace Melvin Gordon, but to really compliment Austin Eckler. Well, I think some of the things we talked about personality-wise uh, with Kenneth Murray, you see the same things uh, when you look at Joshua Kelly. Joshua Kelly's always got a smile on his face. 
talked to Chip Kelly about him. He said, look, uh, we were giving him so many carries. We had to give him a break. So that's why we didn't involve him and use him as much in the passing game. But he said, we did it every day in practice. He's actually really good at it. I said, coach, I was at the senior bowl. He was fantastic in the past game. Like, I know he can do these things. Uh, so he's going to get a chance to show off that side of his game. But then he just runs so hard and he's just so tough. So, uh, you know, I, I think he's going to be a perfect fit. When you look at the collection of backs now that you have, uh, not only with Austin, but with Justin, and now you throw Josh in there, like that's uh, – that's three guys you can all get out in the route, can all catch the ball. Uh, they're all tough. Um, so there, there's going to be a nice mix there uh, with the committee, I think, this, this coming season. And we saw it early in the year last year, DJ, when, when Melvin wasn't there, uh, when Justin was healthy, him and Austin, yeah. they had some success running the football and catching the ball out of the backfield. If Justin can stay healthy, this kind of three-headed attack could be the way to go. Yeah, I think so. And I think that's what a lot of the league has gone to. You know, I'm just, I thought it was smart by Tom to get Austin locked in, you know, to get that contract done and, and, and really uh, know you can build around him in the future. But I think you're going to see a lot of opportunities for these guys to be on the field at the same time. You know, get two of those guys on the field and we saw it last year uh, be pretty successful, especially early in the season. And now you, you can roll Josh into that. So um, it, it's going to be fun to see what Shane can do creatively. Now, when you add what we talked about previously with a really, you know, mobile quarterback that you have to, you know, react to and account for on the back in case he pulls it. And now you could be in a situation where Austin's lined up in the slot, Josh is in the backfield and, and do a lot of different things there, as well as Justin Mixon and doing his thing. All right. In the fifth round, we know about Mike Williams and Keenan Allen. You get another wide receiver and Joe Reed, someone who can kind of take the top off the defense, can really good in the kick return game and the special teams game. I talked to Bronco Mendenhall right after the he was selected, and he said, this is a guy that really can do it all for us, kind of a Swiss Army knife type receiver. Uh, how do you see him kind of fitting into this offense potentially? Now, we talk about it on, on the on the Move of Six podcast with our buddy Bucky Brooks. We talk about, you know, kind of that wing back, right, that's kind of like that Debo Samuel role, somebody that you line up, get him fly sweeps, uh, somebody you could put in the backfield even and, and just get the ball in his hands for what he does after the catch. Obviously, his returnability speaks for itself. Um, so he's just a guy you just want to get the ball in his hands and then let him go. I, I know the time, and I think people look at the 40 time and think, oh, you know, take the top off the defense and, and a vertical stretch receiver. I think he's more of a run after the catch, get the ball in his hands and, and let him create and make some things happen. So that's a quarterback's best friend. When you can throw a five-yard pass, that ends up going 50, 60 yards. Like he gives you some of that ability. Sixth round, Alohi Gilman, another member of the Irish going on this defense. Now they have four guys from Notre Dame. Um, when you lose guys like Derek Watt and Adrian Phillips from a special team standpoint, I think Alohi can help in that regard. But also, uh, Brian Kelly was talking about just he was an inspirational leader in that locker room. Yeah. Just another guy to add to this secondary, DJ. Yeah, I, I think, you know, you kind of target that Adrian Phillips role. Um, you know, that's what he's got to, you know, try and go after when he gets a chance to get into camp and compete. Uh, that's the spot you're hoping to be where you can have an impact on third and fourth down. And this is somebody that I like better closer to the line of scrimmage. He, he plays bigger than his size. He's a really good tackler um, in, in that regard. So and he flies around. So to me, that's kind of his perfect role. He's going to find his niche kind of playing those sub packages and then out there covering kicks and again another guy energy you know I'm, I'm big on that and I think they did a nice job throughout this draft class getting guys that really bring a lot of energy and then finally KJ Hill in the seventh round a guy that, that was at the senior bowl the all-time receptions leader at Ohio State were you surprised that KJ Hill went in the seventh round 
Yeah, I mean, I would have thought he would have gone, you know, much earlier than that. But we just had so much depth in this class of quality players that would would kind of slip down the board. And uh, I mean, you talk about, I would say probably the you know top three or four in the entire draft class. You're just talking about hands. Like he's got unbelievable hands, catches everything. Uh, you could make a highlight reel of just his one-handed catches at, at Ohio State. Tremendous value being able to get him where you did. And I think somebody that can, you know, hopefully Keenan Allen can kind of take him under his wing. Um, because he's somebody that, man, he's a really good route, phenomenal hands. And that's, you know, that's the, that's the standard, right? If you're, if you're coming in and you have that skill set that KJ Hill has, man, just follow around Keenan and, and mirror him and watch him and study him because uh, that's the type of receiver you want to become if you're KJ Hill, somebody that runs pristine routes and catches everything. DJ, final thing for you, because we didn't get to talk to you about the free agent class and how this class may kind of help bolster this team as they look to get back into the playoffs in 2020 talk about guys like Brian Bulaga Trey Turner you get in a trade uh Linval Joseph Chris Harris Jr would you make of some of the guys that they brought in well I thought it was I thought it was a really good haul and I think you get guys that not only kind of fill some needs but I think fit um you know you think about, about that defense and adding Chris Harris now, this defense needed to make more plays on the ball uh, and now you bring in somebody that's got outstanding ball skills uh, that can play inside, that can play outside. I think he's going to fit in beautifully. And quite honestly, it, I just hope we get a training camp practices with him and Keenan, you know, oh, with their yeah. history, getting a chance <laughs> to watch those guys compete would be a lot of fun, selfishly speaking. But, uh, and then Limbaugh is somebody that can come in there when you're going to be playing a team like the Raiders that want to, you know, get in two backs and try and, and try and jam the ball down your throat. He's going to really come into play. Uh, with what he can do. And then you get the two new pieces you mentioned on the offensive line that are veterans um, that have been through a lot of battles. And uh, I, I think when you look at those guys, being able to hopefully groom and mentor some of the young talent that you have on that offensive line, uh, the biggest challenge really in this kind of unprecedented time is for this offensive line to find a way to come together and gel. Um, that can be a little bit difficult with the, you know, with the lack of the off season. But I think you got some, some real smart, real tough, real productive veterans can't wait to see these guys on the grass man we're spoiled to have you and the Chargers family breaking down the draft class for us man uh, hopefully you get some rest over the next couple of weeks no I, I appreciate you brother I, I would just give you one bit of advice if I graduated from Northwestern uh, I'm putting that thing on the top shelf so that I don't get cut off by half the body there I mean that's something to be proud of don't hide it I feel like you're trying to scoot over and hide that Northwestern I'm trying to get I'm just trying to get Sully, trying to get Sullivan yes. and, uh, a little more uh, camera that is a good looking. That is a good looking dog. You are easily the second uh, prettiest face I'm looking at right now. I can tell you that. <laughs> DJ, appreciate it, brother. See you, buddy. All right, very pleased to be joined by Notre Dame head coach Brian Kelly. And coach, I was just joking with you, Notre Dame West out here in Southern California. How does it feel to see all your guys coming to the Chargers? Well, I, I just wish I had tickets to some of the games, uh, you know, to be able to get out and watch them play with the weather here in South Bend. Uh, but we're excited for him, no doubt. Started with uh, Alohi Gilman. He's, a, he's the latest Charger. Uh, you tweeted out that he was one of the more inspirational leaders in your locker room. What are the Chargers getting in Alohi, Coach? Passion. Uh, a passion that uh, you'll see it both on and off the field. He'll be active in the community. Um, he'll be somebody that immediately shows himself on the field in the way that he makes plays. Uh, just great instincts for the game. Some people are made to play the game of football. Uh, God made him to play this game of football. Just great instincts, 
a love and passion for the game. And then again, as I mentioned, um, somebody that uh, just his personality rubs off on everybody. That's right. You know, another guy, uh, Drew Tranquil, last year, Chargers get him in the fourth round. I talked to your defensive coordinator, Clark Lee, and he said that Drew will not relent until he's an NFL starter. Uh, he made his mark on special teams to start the year, worked his way into the starting lineup. Are you surprised with how quickly Drew's made his mark in the NFL? No, I think I echo the same sentiments. Uh, we've seen him overcome so much, you know, two ACLs, um, being told that he wasn't good enough, um, coming uh, – you know, from the state of Indiana in terms of uh, high school football. Um, I just think that he's that guy that has such grit, determination, uh, such a core uh, belief system uh, that he's going to be successful. And I think we've seen that in a very short period of time where he's made his mark uh, with the L.A. Chargers that, uh, you know, he's going to find his role. And, and, you know, I think that's, you know, Coach Bradley, and, and he, he wants those guys on defense that have a, a chip on their shoulder, that have something to prove, and, and, and I think uh, Drew carries that with him every single day. And it's the more you can do as well. To, to be a, a standout special teamer his rookie year, just finding a way to get onto the football field and then kind of parlaying that into a role on the defense, those are the types of guys that you want in your locker room because they set an example for the others. Well, if you notice one thing about the guys that have been drafted, uh, you know, Kevin Kelly does a great job of, you know, assessing the versatility of the players as well. We talked about Drew, although he's an outstanding special teams player, uh, you're even going to see with the free agents that you have, um, they're guys that have great versatility and will have a chance to make the roster because they can do so many jobs and will make it uh, very difficult for, for – uh, uh, LA that to keep them because they can do so many other things other than playing the position. So it's just, again, um, I'm biased, uh, because, you know, I recruited them and we developed them. Um, but there is definitely a plan in, in taking them because they have great versatility and can stretch your roster. Um, if in fact they do make your team. Coach, another guy looking to make that leap in year two is the first rounder from last year, Jerry Tillery. And Jerry had, had a shoulder injury. He missed a lot of the offseason workouts last year and a little bit of training camp. Showed some flashes at the end of the year. And Coach Bradley just spoke yesterday, said Jerry has made it a point to get stronger this year um, and to really work. He said he hasn't been doing anything but working this offseason. Uh, what do you look to see from Jerry in year two after getting a taste of the NFL in year one? So uh, Jerry is very smart. One thing that Jerry has is self-awareness. And uh, he's very aware of his situation, knows that he did not perform at the level that the expectations had been set for him. And you're right, a lot of that had to do with the injury. But uh, he's never been a guy to make excuses. He won't use as an excuse. And so I think you'll see a guy that is um, wanting to um, – live up to maybe some of the expectations that were set with the, with where he was drafted. So um, he's uh, again, very self-aware of his situation. He doesn't walk around not knowing what is expected of him. And um, I'm very confident that he will deliver um, big in his second year with the LA chargers. You know, Isaac Rochelle's the elder statesman here. I, I told him I was talking to you. He was pumped. He says, tell BK, I said, hi. And, uh, I know how much he appreciated being a part of your program. Uh, 
he's been a steady presence complimenting Joey Bosa and Melvin Ingram. But I think most importantly, Coach, he's just a great human being, and he's a champion yeah. in this community in Los Angeles. Just started a, a nonprofit to help folks during this pandemic. He's always thinking about others. And, uh, again, I, he's a heck of a football player, but just speak to the person that Isaac Rochelle is. Well, again, uh, I go back to when I recruited Isaac. Um, you know, comes from a rural area. Um, I remember the, the home visit and uh, <clears throat> the assortment of different farm animals uh, that I had to go through just to get to his front door. <laughs> just unassuming, uh, unassuming blue-collar uh, and uh, always somebody that you could trust and trust in every fashion, um, trust in the classroom, trust on the football field, trust in the community. And uh, man, I'll tell you what, I, I love Isaac Rochelle. You can't have enough of them. And, and look, he's developed himself too. Let's make no mistake about it. You know, he was, uh, he was a young man that came in that had to earn his way as well and um, has put himself in a position to hard work and, and through an incredible drive to want to be successful. Yeah, he, he's a core player in the locker room. Final thing for you, Coach, I mentioned all these guys. To have four players contribute to one defense in the NFL, it has to make you feel good about your program, how NFL teams, they're taking notice of guys on Notre Dame because of the whole package, because they're excellent football players, but you're going to get the complete package in the locker room as well. Yeah, and so I think, you know, sometimes we get caught up with, uh, hey, we got drafted or we got guys going to the NFL. It's not about going to the NFL. It's about what happens when you get there and, and how do you represent your university? How do you represent yourself in the locker room, in the community? And I think that the, those that have left our program have done a great job in that. Um, and, and I think that that's the reputation that these men from Notre Dame are carrying uh, and, and I think that that's only going to get better. You got a, you got a message for your guys that I could pass along to them? Yeah, I would say that uh, be safe, uh, wear your face masks, and uh, keep working out, man, because somebody's after your job. It's never easy in the NFL. That's why they call it the NFL, not for long. That's right. Well, hey, Brian Kelly, head coach of Notre Dame, I can't thank you enough for taking a few minutes to talk with us about your guys, and I wish you health, happiness, and success this year in South Bend. Thanks, Chris. Thanks for having me on. I appreciate it. All right, Chargers fans, we got our guy at number six overall, Justin Herbert. Please be joined by his college head coach, Mario Cristobal. Coach, how are you? Extremely happy and excited for for both your organization and for Justin Herbert, man. You guys got yourself an unbelievable one right there. I know you just spoke to him at his house. What was that conversation like for you? Oh, man, it was everybody's so happy for him. You couldn't write a better script, a story for a guy that grew up loving football and, and wanted to play for the Ducks to getting that opportunity and now getting his opportunity to play for such a great franchise. Like the San Diego Chargers, man, this thing is a, is a Hollywood script is what it is. And I think what you're going to find out really, really soon is that this guy from, from head to toe is exactly what you want as a competitor, as a quarterback, as a human being. What are the Chargers getting in Justin Herbert? And coming back for his senior year, Coach, how big was that to prepare him for the next level? It was monstrous for him. I mean, a couple of things go with that, you know. Number one, this guy loves the game. He really does. He is an absolute football junkie. 
and he loves his teammates. And he knew that he was going to be surrounded by some really good guys. And he felt like, you know what, as a junior, we came up just short of some of our goals. And he did not want to leave here without cementing um, those those goals and make them them a reality. And also making sure that he did whatever he could to help his teammates get there, because that's what he is. He is a, a completely unselfish guy, does not care about personal accolades, just wants to see the guys around him do really well. But his leadership and whatnot and, and his – performances have made him an Oregon legend. And I know he doesn't like to talk about that kind of stuff because he's a humble guy, but you want to talk about just the ultimate competitor and field general, man. That's what Justin Herbert is. Yeah, he was asked so many times throughout this process about his leadership. And he said, you know what, just ask the guys in Eugene about my leadership. People lead in different ways. Uh, this is a bright kid, a smart kid with, with a high IQ. Um, from a leadership perspective, sometimes you just lead by example in many ways. Well, I'll tell you what, this guy does it in every single way possible. And you look at the look at the entire body of work. You're looking at a guy that walked in as a freshman and had to just he was thrown into the fire, complete baptism of fire on a team that was four and eight, um, surrounded by a lot of new guys, a lot of new positions, and then going through three head coaching changes, a couple of coordinator changes as well, and just Basically, him and his boys putting their foot in the ground and saying, you know what, we're going to bring Oregon back to what Oregon is all about, what Oregon is known for. And to take a team from, from being a four and eight and that steady climb, right, which, you know, those wins from four to seven, seven to nine, nine to 12 is exponentially harder. To be able to do that in the fashion that he and his teammates did that with him being the leader, I mean, if I'm looking for a quarterback, I, I would want him to have that experience going to the next level, knowing that. He knows how to tackle and take on adversity and come up a winner on the other side. Your last game together with Justin at the Rose Bowl, about 21 miles from where he's going to play in Los Angeles at SoFi Stadium. What do you remember about that day? And you talk about athleticism. Justin won that with his legs. He sure did. I mean, we felt that it was our responsibility to do our best to keep him upright all year. You know, and if we got to the end of the year, we were in a position where we were playing for a championship. And we're just going to cut him loose. And, you know, in that Pac-12 championship game, he changed the entire dynamic of the entire competition by, by running the football, tucking it away a couple times in the first three plays, and ends up winning the Pac-12 championship. And then in that, that Rose Bowl game, I mean, who would have thought the only game he doesn't throw a touchdown in, he runs for three. And it wasn't only that he just he ran for the – it's how he did it. I mean, he made a guy miss. He made a great decision. He outran guys that had angles on him. I mean – he put that all on display, all at six foot six and, and some change at 235 pounds. So I, uh, I promise you, you, you are going to be extremely pleased, excited, and fired up about everything this guy's going to bring to your program. Coach, how is Justin going to fit in with this offense, right? You, you bring in a guy like Trey Turner, a Pro Bowl guard, Brian Bulaga, and, and the weapons on the outside, the Keenan Allens, big play guy like Mike Williams. <laughs> Uh, dependable tight end like Hunter Henry, Austin Eckler in the backfield. When you have weapons like that and you couple that with everything that Justin brings to the table and the fact that he can be mobile as well, um, how is that going to mesh? You're going to love it. I really um, I have absolutely zero doubt that he is going to exceed expectation. I'll tell you why. He can do things that other guys can train their entire lives and go to specialists for and, and they'll never be able to do. He could he can make every throw and he can make it better than everybody else. His decision-making, his, his football IQ, his ability to learn and process, um, his courage, his toughness, his desire to win. I mean, 
it's a total package, man. It's what you want your own son to be. It's what you want your, your quarterback of your franchise to be. It's um, he's going to excel and all that stuff. And I think the guys around them are going to absolutely love his character and the fact that he's all about making sure that he does best by those guys. Hey coach, we just found a picture and we put it up on our Instagram of Justin wearing a charger shirt when he was a kid. Maybe this was meant to be no. <laughs> hey, I, I think it is. I really do. Or selfishly, um, I'm extremely happy that he's on the West Coast, and somehow, some way, uh, we'll be able to see him at some point in time during the season on a bye week or whatnot. And maybe we'll fly over there and watch him on a bye week. But I, uh, about I'm talking his family, his brother who's tied in with us right now, Justin himself. I, I can't say enough about this guy. And I get it. Look, when you get guys on on your show to talk about their former players and how they're getting drafted. I'm sure they all gush about him, but I, I take a good hard look at what this young man has done academically on the field, the adversities have to overcome between the coaching changes, the injuries and what he's been able to do with all that stuff. And the fact that he's just getting started, he's just scratching the surface. I mean, I, I couldn't, I couldn't ask for a, a better a uh, coaching opportunity to be around a guy like him. And I couldn't wish a better situation for any NFL team than a guy like Justin Herbert to be on that, on that team. Well, coach, we were jacked up before. We're even more jacked up now after talking to you. I, I can't thank you enough for your time. I know how busy this is. I know you had a chance to go hang with Justin and um, heck, we may see you in the Rose Bowl next year. Maybe why, why Justin's in a playoff game at SoFi. <laughs> That's always a goal. So I hope to see you there. All right, guys, that's going to do it for us. Be sure to download and subscribe to the Chargers Podcast Network. Wherever you listen to podcasts, we'll be talking training camp next week. Have a great weekend. And until next time, I'm Chris Harey.